Podcast. It's Build a Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. David Hooper with you, bigpodcast.com. That's the site. My job is to help you grow your podcast audience or grow your audience via podcasting, whichever. I want to help you spread your message. I want to help you connect with people. I want to help you make money via your message. Build an audience around your podcast. This episode is the audio version of my weekly newsletter. It is called Big Podcast Insider. It goes out every Friday morning, New York time. All the links, everything that I talk about will be at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. In this episode, when is a podcast ready to launch? Google's helpful content algorithm. This is a great opportunity for high quality podcast. I'll explain to you how it works. A $400 mic stand. Can you imagine that? Would you pay $400 for a mic stand? You don't have to. This is how to build the same thing for $60. I'll show you where to get the free plans and also the parts. How to make your live stream sound better. Even if you don't do live streams, I'm talking Zoom meetings, maybe even your recorded podcast. This information is going to be helpful to you. Before you talk about your new mic, know this. I talked about how I got a new mic. I'm not a new mic. I'm going back to an old mic, actually. But I'm still dialing in the sound on what I'm doing. So if I sound a little bit different from how I normally do, that's the reason. And whenever you talk about your mic, there's some certain things that happen. I'm going to talk more about it. Advertising to Generation Z. Are you doing that? Can talk about what you need to know. I do this like an old school storybook. The very first audiobooks, you'd read along to a vinyl record, maybe a cassette if you came along later. And when it was time to turn the page, you would hear a sound like this. That is how you know that I'm moving to a different story. When you hear this sound, I'm moving on. But before I get to that, I want to talk about Riverside. This episode brought to you by Riverside.fm. I just gave you a list of five or six things that I'll be talking about in this issue. And one of the things that I could do if I wanted to maximize my reach, get that information out to more people, is I could split those things up into individual parts. Riverside, it's the leading platform to record studio quality, remote podcast and video. And if you're doing something like I'm doing in this episode, you've got these different segments. One of the things that Riverside will do, let's call them clips. You can use Riverside's editor to transform your long-form content into multiple pieces of short-form content, meaning you can chop those long pieces up into shorter pieces that are shareable on social media, allowing you to reach more people, allowing you to go to different social media outlets depending on the segment. You know this, Facebook has a different audience than Instagram. Instagram has a different audience than TikTok. If you've got very specific content, you want to reach a certain audience, that's a great way to do it. And Riverside's editor will help you make that happen. Riverside is free to try. They'll give you enough time to get an interview, maybe two interviews with that free trial. You can go to riverside.fm to check it out. It's going to take care of audio. And if you want it, also video. And I've got a code for you. If you decide to buy, if you want to become a Riverside member, continue to do your podcast via Riverside. And a lot of people do. Over 70,000 people, in fact. People like Gary Vee, Guy Raz, companies like Spotify and the New York Times. If you want to be one of those people, one of those companies, use the code BIGPODCAST, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You'll get 15% off. That URL, riverside.fm. The code BIGPODCAST, one word, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Yeah, you heard that? That's how you know we're starting. When is a podcast ready to launch? I am in the process of submitting the last draft 
of my new book. It's a podcast launch book. This draft is going to the final edit. And the person that I'm submitting to, that's my copy editor. So this is technically the final edit. That's what I'm going to get when I get back. When is something done? That's what I've been thinking about. There's a famous quote by SNL producer Lorne Michaels. We used to call it Saturday Night Live. (laughs) Every Saturday, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And the quote is, the show doesn't go on because it's ready. It goes on because it's 11.30. I've got more than a couple of stories of bands who were in the studio working on a new album where one guy thought there was more to do on the song they were working on, on the album. We need to add another song for this album. We need to add more to this track, that kind of thing. But the producer, that third year, or somebody else, maybe the editor, like I'm going to with this book manuscript, they were ready to do a final mix and release it. A third year, another pair of eyes, that can be helpful. We get way too close to our work. And the tendency as podcasters, as musicians, any creative people, our tendency is to add more rather than take away. We think it's not enough. And when we do that, what we can do with our listeners as a podcast, for example, is we can overwhelm them. We can give them too much. A lot of times a shorter podcast episode is better than a long one. People come to you for specific reasons. They want specific information. They want to know how to do a specific thing. They want to hear from somebody, but not too much, not too much. You know, that friend that you go to lunch with, eh, it's great for lunch, maybe an hour or two. Any more than that? No. (laughs) A welcome house guest turns into an unwelcome house guest very quickly. And your podcast can become the same way. So it's very important for you to get outside feedback on your podcast, on the books that you're doing, the blog posts that you're doing, your social media, whatever you're doing, and say, is this working? Am I giving too much information? Am I giving too little information? They're going to let you know. When is something done though? Let's go back to that question. I don't know. That's the honest answer. I'm in the middle of this right now. I thought something was done. Maybe it's not done. The promise that I made actually in the print version of this newsletter, I said, this thing is going to be out October 6th. That has since changed. It's 30 days later. It's now going to be out November 5th. Sometimes you have to take a little extra time to do things right, but no creative work is really done. Is this thing going to be better in 30 days than it is now? I don't know, but know that I'm thinking about it. I'm going to have a lot more thoughts about it in this book, ironically, which is delayed to help you get your new podcast out on time or to help you relaunch your podcast. If you're interested in finding out more about it, More information is at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Google's helpful content algorithm. It's helpful for quality podcasts. If you got an unhelpful podcast, eh, not so much. They're currently rolling out what I call a helpful content algorithm. That's not the official name, but let's just call it that. The helpful content algorithm that tells you all you need to know. And that is a big opportunity for quality podcasts because Google indexes more than just text. Here's what this update means for you. The first thing, websites and podcasts with high amounts of unhelpful content are unlikely to perform well. And we've seen those. These AI text generators, artificial intelligence, is what the AI stands for. It's a computer looking at millions of data points, cranking out text. And it's okay, but it doesn't really connect. Google would argue that that is unhelpful content. And those websites, the guys using AI, or the guys using maybe a non-English speaker for an English site where there's broken English, where it's not easy to understand, that content is not going to do well. The second element, this is a good thing. Your website and your podcast will benefit if it has a clear and primary focus. 
If you've got a general podcast, maybe not so much. But if you're hyper-focused, vegan food, how to lose weight, how to get in shape, how to do blank, you are going to do well. Google knows what you're talking about through your episode notes and also your audio. They are indexing you. And when somebody's looking for what you've got, they're more likely to put what you've got in front of those people. Third thing, your website and podcast will benefit if the content clearly demonstrates firsthand expertise and depth of knowledge. So if you're going deep, if it's not just superficial stuff, for example, let's say you're trying to lose weight, calories in, calories out, don't eat before bedtime, that kind of thing. You know, general advice we've heard from thousands and thousands of people over the years, not exactly helpful. It's available everywhere. If you've got firsthand expertise and depth of knowledge, Google knows this. How? That same AI engine, (laughs) the one that's writing the bad content is also analyzing the content on your site and it knows good from bad. It just isn't able to connect with people via writing, but it knows. And it knows because Google has so many data points on people, they know what people are sticking around for. My internet service, Google Fiber, they're looking at everything that I do. My phone service, Google Fi, they're looking at everything that I do. They're looking at everything that I do on Google.com, YouTube.com, FeedBurner.com, all of the properties that Google owns. They are analyzing that data and it is in service of delivering great content to the people who are using Google's search engine. Fourth thing, will someone reading your content or listening to your podcast leave feeling like they've had a satisfying experience? If so, you're in good shape. Nothing to worry about. I've got more information about what that means. That is linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. The fifth thing, content created for search engine traffic is strongly correlated with content that searchers find unsatisfying. So don't worry about optimizing in this way. In other words, don't optimize in this way. Way back in the day, this is back in the 90s, what people would do, sex was the most popular search term at the time. Pamela Anderson was a very popular search term. And what people would do They would have a blue website, let's say, a blue background, and they would have that same color text or just a couple of notches off so you could barely read that text. And it would say Pamela Anderson, Pamela Anderson, Pamela Anderson, Pamela Anderson, Pamela Anderson. And back in the 90s, search engines were not that smart. One of the things that Google actually did was they started basing how important something was in their search engine based on how many people linked to it. These guys were academics. They saw that in their work. How many times was something being referenced in these manuals that they were looking at? And they said, we'll do the same thing for search. How many times is somebody referencing something and referencing something is linking to it? That changed the game. But more or less, people are still doing the same kind of thing, just a little bit smarter. They're doing it through links, through these blog forums. That kind of stuff is not going to work. Using keywords in your documents when keywords are not the natural word that would be used in the paragraph or sentence that you're typing, That's not going to work. And I think that's great for people who do great content. Just do your thing, man. If you're delivering quality content that's going to help people, if you're an expert, and if you're going deep, you got nothing to worry about. You're actually going to go up in the rankings. Sixth thing, after consuming your content, will someone leave feeling like they've learned enough about a topic to help achieve their goal? Do you give people a complete experience? I'm going to talk about one of these experiences here in a minute when I'll tell you how to do a $400 mic stand for just 60 bucks. That is a complete experience. And as I'm telling you the story and I give you the link to the plans, I want you to think about that. This is a complete A to Z experience. What can you do on your podcast that's similar? Speaking of complete experiences, let me summarize this in three things that you can do for your podcast right now that will help it to do better 
in Google's helpful content update. The first thing that you can do is have podcast titles that accurately reflect what you talk about within your podcast. If you say your podcast is about blank, blank needs to be mentioned in your podcast. No more 20-minute rants before you get to the content. Get to the content, deliver it, give people a good experience. That's the second thing. Get to the point. That means editing out what doesn't work. Look at your timer. Right now, I'm a little over 20 minutes into this podcast. What does your timer say? Big Podcast Supercomputer, what does it say? This is the Big Podcast Supercomputer with a courtesy time check. You are now 12 minutes and 44 seconds into this episode. There you go. You can see how much time I've saved you by editing. Third thing, deliver on what you promise. If it's in your title, if you say you're going to get to it, get to it. If you're curious for more information, you're curious about how you're affected, you want to join a discussion, I've got everything linked. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. As promised, a $400 mic stand for 60 bucks? Sounds unbelievable, right? The studio that I'm in right now, it's a five by eight closet, about 40 square feet. And the sound panels that I built were from plans that I got from Marcus DePaula. He's a music business buddy of mine. He's an audio engineer, has about 5,000 mics. <laughs> and he needs stands for them. He's one of these guys that's in the trenches and he knows so much about what he needs and he knows how to get it that he often builds his own stuff. That's what he did with his panels. He gave me the plans for the panels and I modified those plans to create this custom space that sounds great. The microphone stand happened because Marcus does a lot of video. And I know the microphone stand that I've got, maybe you've got the same one. It's basically blocking my face. And I've got this big RE20 mic and the shock mount on the thing is huge. It's as big as your head. If you're concerned about video, it's not a great look. So what a lot of people do is they will go up under the desk and have a mic that instead of coming from above, comes at you from below. But those stands are very expensive. They're specialty stands. I gave you the price, $400. You've seen them on YouTube. They look great, but they're specially made for video and they cost a lot. So what Marcus did is he reverse engineered those $400 stands, figured out how to do it with about 60 bucks of parts that you can get from Amazon. You piece it together yourself, super easy. He's got the plans. He's got everything you need. And it is linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. How to make your live stream sound better. Speaking of Marcus DePaula and his stand, you want to see his stand in action? Well, I've got a link to that. I've also got a presentation that he did that shows you how to sound great when you're going live on Facebook, YouTube, anywhere else that you're going live, Zoom meetings, or if you just want to sound great in your podcast. Again, Marcus is an audio engineer. I've known him from the music industry and the other work that he's done. He's going to make you sound great. He's got a step-by-step -step process on how to do that. Little things that you can do with the equipment that you've already got to make your podcast sound better. It's a well-done presentation. You're going to see that $60 stand that he's using, and you're not going to know it's 60 bucks. You'll think, wow, that guy built it? Yeah, he did. He built the desk that he's using too. He's a really sharp guy. He knows all about sound. And more importantly, as far as this presentation, he is great about explaining it, and he will make you sound great as well. How to make your live stream sound better. That presentation, it's free, and it is linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Speaking of microphones, before you talk about your new mic, you need to know this. And this is a joke. I've been trying to throw a little humor in the newsletters lately. You're going to get a kick out of this because you've seen it happen on Facebook. You might have had it happen to you. 
Let me tell you this about good equipment. Good equipment is subjective. You can invest $10,000, maybe more, in getting the very best broadcast quality mics, compressors, booms, whatever else for your studio, and somebody's going to have a problem with it. These custom panels that my studio is full of, people say, well, you should have done this. You need a cloud above you. You shouldn't use the RE20 mic. You need the SM7B. RE20 is old technology. Everybody's got their opinion, right? Is there room for improvement? Yeah, absolutely. This mic that I'm talking into, RE20, arguably the best broadcast mic ever. It is over 50 years old. It is legendary. Everybody who is anybody in radio has used one or is using one. This is the golden mic that Rush Limbaugh used. This is the mic that Terry Gross uses. It is an absolute legendary mic, yet people have problems with it. And again, this is a joke, newsletter.bigpodcast.com if you want to see it. But it's a more important message, and that is don't make audio decisions or any decisions for your podcast based on random comments posted on social media. Talk to somebody who knows audio. Talk to somebody like Marcus DePaula. Again, Marcus is linked here. Also, this joke is linked here, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Let's talk about Gen Z. Are you advertising to Gen Z? Do you have a podcast for Gen Z? This is what you need to know. This is an article that talks specifically and breaks down exactly what Gen Z wants when it comes to advertising and when it comes to media. It's also a good parallel for how most podcast listeners, regardless of age, feel about ads on your podcast. Good marketers know that personalization is the key to reaching people online. You know this as a podcaster, personalization, niching down. This is what makes good podcasts great, and this is what attracts people to your podcast. We don't go for that broad stroke, big tower show that you hear on radio, where it's sort of tolerable, morning zoo, oh, oh, hilarious. We want something that people really love, not something that they just tolerate. And this talks more about that. Here's some statistics. 57% of millennials and 43% of baby boomers said they liked personalized ads. But Gen Z, and this is where we're going, Gen Z came in at 81%. I want you to consider this the next time you take ads for your podcast. And let it be a reminder to never take advertising from a company where the connection to your podcast isn't obvious. At the beginning of this episode, you heard me talk about Riverside.fm. Riverside.fm is a recording platform specifically for podcasters. It is made specifically for podcasters who are doing co-hosted podcasts or are doing interviews remotely. That's it. And it does it well. It's a specialty piece of software. It is made just for podcasters. And that is why they are advertising on this podcast. Because my podcast is also made just for podcasters. By the way, let me give you that coupon again. Riverside.fm. Riverside.fm is the URL. It's got a free trial, but if you want to try it, big podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, big podcast, one word, with you 15% off. You know where I'm not telling you to go? Casper Mattress, Blue Apron. Yeah, you need to eat, you need to sleep. Those two things are arguably as important to making a podcast as anything I could talk about on this podcasting, even something like Riverside.fm. But it's not made specifically for you made for everybody. Riverside.fm, specifically for you. And if you've got advertisers on your podcast, and if you've got a company that wants to advertise on your podcast, and they've got a specific audience that they want to reach, and you can help them reach that, 
you can charge them so much more money. If you want more information about this, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. That is it. If you haven't already subscribed to the newsletter, have I mentioned this? Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. That's where to get it. It's free. You can unsubscribe at any time. And the podcast, including the audio versions of the newsletter, which you're listening to right now, that is at bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. I have three links for you. I've got an iPhone link, an Android link, an RSS feed link, and I've got a QR code. So when you go to that page, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe, you pull out your phone, you scan the code. I'll take you exactly where you need to go to subscribe to this podcast. Get it on your phone, listen to it wherever and whenever. And like the newsletter, unsubscribe at any time. If it doesn't work for you, I don't want you hanging around. We'll part as friends. You can come back whenever you want to. I'll still be here. But for now, do check it out. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. I appreciate you. I'm looking forward to getting this new launch planner out for you. People always say this about their new stuff. So I'm so excited about this book. This may be the best book that I've ever done. And I don't know that it's the best book that I've ever done. But I will tell you this. That it is the best book I have ever done as far as walking people through an A to Z plan. The steps, one, two, three, four, five. That stuff that Google likes, stuff I talked about earlier. Giving you a very complete experience as far as launching or relaunching your podcast. I've got the link with more information. It's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Go there before you forget. While you were there, sign up. I'll see you on the next issue. And hopefully, I'll see you on the next episode of this podcast, Build a Big Podcast, as well. See you soon.